When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. We might as well call this show the Joe, Amber and Aaron show. Right. We're close. I mean, might as well, because Aaron Rodgers, he wants to be part of every single show across not just our network, but every single network in the world. I think if Aaron Rodgers, if it was up to him. And so it's Tuesday. We know on Tuesdays he goes on the Pat McAfee show. He says the things they get to us talking all night long. He did it again today. So it is time for another Aaron Rodgers segment. Now pay attention. Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers watch. So on Aaron Rodgers watch today, the Packers quarterback was on the Pat McAfee show and he was asked about the idea of retiring the same year as Tom Brady. You know, the idea I wouldn't want to share a stage with, you know, Tom and J.J. Watt, I think is ridiculous. That's already going to be an incredible Hall of Fame class. Like, it's not even in the thought process. Their decisions don't impact. My own decision uh, doesn't make me want to, you know, come back so I can, you know, have the, you know, my own stage or whatever. I just, that's just not how I think. I don't think like that. That's what's uh, what's going to be out there now until there's a final decision. It's a lot of fake news. I mean, that's our media in general. There's a ton of bullshit, honestly. I, I yep. saw a report that athletes first, uh, my my contract representation side, you know, has already said I'm going to the Raiders or something, right? I read that oh. uh, the other day. Where did you read that, Aaron? Like, where did, where did you read that? Okay, stop subscribing to, like, the... Do they still have those trashy, um... What are those things? Tabloids in the grocery store when you check out? I don't know. I've never been a tabloid person. Stores? I do, but I've never been a tabloid person. So I can't tell you the last time I tried to look at tabloids. But the point oh, is... There. Stop looking at tabloids, Aaron, because that's the only people who said that. Nobody said that here. Uh, We're not fake news. The news is the reality that you like us to talk about you. And the reality is that because you like all the attention, you like us to talk about you, Aaron. I can't imagine you'd want to retire the same year as Tom Brady because that Hall of Fame class is going to end up being all about Tom Brady. It's a funny talking point. It's funny. Give it a laugh. Give it a little chuckle, Aaron. It would be that would be one hell of a Hall of Fame class though. If you had Brady, yeah. Rodgers, JJ Watt and whoever the two are, it would almost feel like an honor to be a part of that class cuz there'd be the case to be made that it could be the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time depending on who the other two are that would go in. But that's a story for another day. I wonder if he genuinely doesn't know whether or not he wants to come back. I know he's talking about how he's not sure, how he's going to take some time, he's going to contemplate, he's going to go through the process, but I wonder right now where he's truly at. You know, I, I, what, what, how heavily is he weighing retirement? Because if you're weighing retirement and you're half in, you're half out, that's when it starts to get dangerous for players in the NFL. I, I don't know the answer to that question. None of us do. I will believe that if you're in that position and you really want to retire, like this is it for you. You don't have anything left to give to the game. You're just ready to go do something else with your life. That the fact that Tom Brady is also making that decision is not going to probably swing your decision. Cause if, at the end of the day, it's not about the hall of fame class. Like it is about your life. I do believe that, but it is a funny talking point because I'm sure JJ Watt for a moment when Tom Brady announced his retirement thought, darn it, you know, because I, that's going to take some attack. He might've been the best player in his class otherwise. And he's going to get outshined a little bit when those first valid guys end up getting enshrined in the hall. And so it's a funny talking point. And what frustrates me about Aaron Rodgers taking a funny talking point and calling it fake news and saying the whole media is fake, like always, is the fact that every single week we get the sound from Aaron Rodgers because I think he owns equity in the Pat McAfee show. And by the way, goes on it every single week. You know, the media, Joe. (laughs) Like, I mean, you do the media this tour media thing. Let's you be do real. the media tour. People are going to react. I think we're burying the lead, though. His battle with the media is one All right, thing. So let's, I think let's, it's the process. Yes. Well, let's, uh, you're talking about the darkness retreat. I am. Let's go ahead and get to that sound. Because how is he going to make the decision about whether he wants to retire or what he wants to do next season? Here again is Aaron Rodgers from the Pat McAfee show. 
think it's going to be important to get through this week and then to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future and then uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then uh, and then move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave. It's four nights of complete uh, darkness. It's a darkness retreat. I've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences and. It's something that's been on my radar for a few years now, and I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning after this season. So it's been on the calendar for uh, months and months and months, and it's coming up in a couple weeks. I, um, I, I, know, a girl, I, know, I know a girl who did a darkness retreat. I, I remember watching part of it and her story and everything on Instagram. I uh, Obviously, she wasn't in the cave Instagramming, but afterwards and her right. recounting her Post-game experience. analysis. Uh, it sounds awful. Um, it's a lot of, you know, self-exploration, obviously, because you're quite literally in the dark for four days by yourself. It's it's what they do to torture people. So I really don't understand why people want to sign up for it. I'm just not – I don't need that sort of enlightenment in my life. So I don't know. Ain't for me. Either is ayahuasca or whatever that stuff is that he does. Does uh, does he do it in his own home or do you no, go no, to no, someone no. else's you home? No, no, no. quite literally go – it's a retreat, like – or at least – from what I know, you quite literally go to like Arizona and go crawl into a cave and live by yourself for four days in the dark. So he's going to go to a location where he's going to be. And you keep saying a cave. It's a, is I, it that's a cave? The girl, okay. The girl I know who did it. It was like a cave. It was she like went a into whole a cave. thing. Okay. It was a cave. I don't. I, Roger's which, you probably heard doing McAfee the mentioned version. Ca- cave there. But I, so, yeah, I don't know. Is there like a five star version of this darkness retreat for rich oh, yeah. quarterbacks? I would want the Ritz version of this. But OK, so he's going to be in a place. He talks about how there's a little slot where food going to be put through but other than that there's no music there's no sound and he's by himself right yeah. there's not other people in this no, room. no there's no other communication you don't have four your phone. days of four this four huh? days it Could is you do torture it? heck no and i don't want to do it. why am i doing this well i'm just curious I, if you had to if there was 15 million dollars on the line could you do it yes <laughs> okay so wow that that you broke so fast I from your 15 staunch million. Position. i'll talk to myself for four days for 15 million we'll would you do it for four million I'm entertaining i'll t- entertain myself would you do it for four million probably would you do it for one million uh, uh, i don't know maybe that's a, would you that's do it a for nine hundred thousand? no no we get below a million i'm out Out, okay, so 15 million, yes, but you also said yes. So we got you all the way down to $1 million in less than a minute. That is incredibly poor negotiating on your behalf. But regardless, it's good to see that you have a price. Would you do this? I, I would, I'd give it a shot. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. For I don't know much? if I can make it. Making it would be a, you wouldn't have to pay me much. If you put, if you offered me a million right out of the gate, I'm in. I'd do it for really? a million. I'd probably, I'd probably do it, try to do it for, eh, you put 50K, put 50K on. I'll go do it for 50K. It's like even what people say with like those ayahuasca retreats. Like I don't need to like dive into. I do that into, for free. I think that could be fun. really see. I don't yeah. like that. Doesn't I, sound I fun to me. Time. First of all, there's a lot of vomiting involved. Like that's not something I'm signing up for. But then, oh, second you ever drink? Of all, a, you ever drink too many beers, Amber? You ever have too many drinks? I, I, I maybe a time or two. Uh, not wow. very often in my life, by the way, have I gotten to that point. But yeah, then also, <laughs> also, uh, you know, it's the whole self exploration thing. Like I don't need to be crying about something that happened in my childhood that I didn't remember until this moment. Like what? is the point of that people pay good money for that it's called oh, therapy it's, he's yeah, gonna go get it on his I own i do think there's something to be said about it four days in the dark that's a lot but the idea of being able to sit in a room quietly by yourself it's become harder and harder since 2007 when that little device known as the iphone was invented and killed boredom forever like people are so so opposed to just being able to sit still for a few minutes i can't even sit and watch TV without having to look at my phone. Like TV by itself is not stimulating enough. So I would take a shot at this. For Rogers, I'm very interested to see how he comes out the other side. And I think if he's going to go into darkness for four days, that clearly tells us he's going to the Raiders. And let me be the first to say, (laughs) welcome to Las Vegas, Aaron. We'd love to have you. Here we go, because he's going into the darkness. I see what you did there. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Super Bowl 57 is just days away. But which team is built for long-term success? This is Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Super Bowl week. We are just days away from finding out who's the best team, Joe, the Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs. But I don't want to talk about who the best team is this season. We're going to find that out on Sunday. I want to talk about which of these teams playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday is set up best for long-term success as currently constructed. Interesting. So on one hand, you can look at the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts' contract, and say to themselves, based on the division they're in, should take the Giants a couple more years. Dallas with Mike McCarthy is exactly where you want Dallas, not going to be able to contend at the highest possible level. And Washington just constantly stepping all over their own feet. That Philadelphia would be in the best position. But I think it's Kansas City, even though they paid Patrick Mahomes. Because I think they made the necessary adjustments over the last two years, this year specifically, to demonstrate that they are built to win even if they can't pay top dollar to elite wide receivers around the NFL. I think Tyreek Hill leaving, being traded to Miami, was a big sign that Mahomes and this Chiefs team was ready to embrace the fact that the money was in the quarterback position and he was going to make everyone around him better. And that's exactly what he did this season. They had another remarkable year. They're the number one seed. They're back in the Super Bowl. Mahomes is the favorite to win MVP. His stats are through the roof. Everybody thought they were going to really miss Tyreek Hill. And they didn't at all. Not at all. They just change their offense. They don't rely as primarily on deep bombs, vertical routes, deep shots down the field. They've gotten more comfortable with the underneath game, with some dink and dunk, with slicing people up in a very precise fashion. And they've been able to get it done. They've been able to adjust on the fly. Mahomes is that good that they could change the offense or at least the, the general philosophy around it and still compete at the highest possible level. That's not to knock Tyreek Hill, because he went to Miami and he put up ridiculous stats. The guy is a freak. But this is a team that as long as Mahomes is healthy, they are going to compete every single year. It does not matter what their salary cap situation is. They're going to win. They showed it. The fact that Hill left and they're still this good shows that they, they, they have the quarterback who can make everyone around them better. If you had told me before the season started, they're not going to miss a beat without Tyreek Hill. First of all, I would have been shocked just like you because I was theorizing all off season that this was going to be once we knew that Tyreek was headed to Miami, that this was going to be a big problem for the Kansas City Chiefs. But then also I would have thought, OK, that means if they didn't miss a beat without Tyreek, that Tyreek really isn't as good as we thought he was. Right. That it was Patrick sure. making Tyreek, not Tyreek making Patrick. The biggest shocker to me this season wasn't just that the Chiefs didn't miss a step at all, fine, but it was also that Tyreek Hill didn't miss a step at all. I mean, he was putting up better numbers when Tua was healthy with Tua Tagovailoa than he was with Patrick Mahomes. Don't forget, at one point this season, Tyreek Hill was actually in the MVP conversation. I mean, I put that in air quotes. It was early in the season, but still, like that's the kind of numbers he was putting up at wide receiver before all the Tua injuries that occurred. And yet... Even with that sort of 
level of production, which shows that Tyreek was every bit of the guy that we thought he was when Patrick Mahomes was throwing him the football. Patrick Mahomes throwing the football to other guys, it didn't matter at all that none of those guys were as fast or as good as Tyreek Hill. And they're not. It's much more of a receiver by committee approach, like you said. That has proved to me that this team can withstand the dreaded quarterback contract like you said I mean that quarterback contract I think is such a killer for most of these teams because it is why they lost Tyreek by the way I mean it does matter you know it's not like they didn't lose pieces it just hurt them a lot less than Dallas losing an Amari Cooper you know whereas them losing Tyreek because they're so good and Patrick Mahomes is so good and Andy Reid is such a good coach they were able to overcome it that gives me a lot more confidence than the Philadelphia Eagles because frankly once they hand Jalen Hurts this contract I don't know if they're good enough to overcome that and they're going to end up having to pay him monster monster money he might get more than Patrick Mahomes frankly as long as they keep the wide receivers intact in Philadelphia and, you know, with Devontae Smith still early in his rookie deal as a one-year or as a first-round pick and A.J. Green already under contract, and I think the Dallas Goddard situation is favorable as well, Hertz is going to be able to continue to produce at a high level. But one of the reasons Philadelphia was able to be so aggressive this offseason with so many key players was because Hertz is the 54th highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Not 54th highest-paid player which would still probably shock some people. He's the 54th highest paid quarterback. That gives you the opportunity to spend on defense and it gives you the opportunity to spend everywhere else. They're not going to be able to do that. Once they pay him, they'll have a couple years because they'll basically tack it on as an extension to the fourth year of the rookie deal and they'll speed some of the money up as a signing bonus that'll get prorated throughout the life of the deal. But once you start to get into that deal, it's going to be tough to retain all the talent they have at all three levels of the defense as well as along the offensive line and as well as at the skill positions. It's one of the reasons they're probably going to lose Miles Sanders this offseason. Hassan Reddick's headed for free agency. He's been an absolute beast for them. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Now, Howie Roseman might be the best general manager in the league. So they're going to be able to handle it and navigate it well. But the Chiefs have shown, and they were planning for this as early as two to three years ago, knowing that they were going to have to make some tough decisions. They've made the necessary adjustments to their offense. And the quarterback is that good that they're going to keep on ticking at a high level. It's kind of like what Peyton Manning, everyone always tries to compare Patrick Mahomes to different quarterbacks. No one ever compares him to Manning because Manning wasn't as mobile, but the reality was Manning made so many guys around him so great. If you played fantasy football during that stretch, how many of you owned Austin, uh, uh, Anthony Gonzalez and Austin Colley and Dallas Clark, Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, they were studs, but there were so many other guys that put up big numbers in that offense because Peyton Manning made so many players around him so great. Mahomes does the same thing. He elevates the play of guys around him at an extraordinary level. That's what the most elite guys in the league do. And frankly, I don't, is Jalen that guy? Like, and I'm not saying that to disparage Jalen Hurts, but I don't know if he is that guy. I don't, does he elevate all the talent around him? Because it, it felt a little bit like A.J. Brown helped elevate his talent. And certainly there is a symbiotic relationship there, but I don't know if Jalen Hurts is a Patrick Mahomes in that sense. I don't know if Jalen Hurts looks the same when he's not behind the best O-line in the NFL. I mean, some people are calling this O-line the best O-line of the century that we've seen. And Jeez, when you're really? talking, yeah, like that, bit yes. much yeah they're good well, it's just a bit they're, much they're very good it's a little bit living in the moment maybe but also they spent money on that o-line it certainly is part of why the eagles have been so successful this season and like you said being able to retain all those pieces seems unlikely is that going to affect jalen at all in his productivity i don't know because i don't know how patrick mahomes he is in terms of that top tier how many guys are on that mahomes tier to the point where they make everyone around them that much better Later in the season, Aaron Rodgers with Christian uh, Watson, the rookie that from what, North Dakota State, that was at wide receiver. He kind of took on and surged late in the year. And working with Rodgers is going to help I that. I would have always said Aaron Rodgers before. Like this season, the beginning of the season, it got a little questionable. It's, sure. it's how many guys actually elevate the quarterback play that much. Like Tua wasn't elevating the guys in Miami, no. and that's not a knock on Tua. He's in a good system with good players around him. He took advantage of that. Justin Herbert with the Chargers, like maybe, but I mean, everyone I think I would say good. Josh Allen, but I know that we're coming off of a difficult yeah, end to probably a season Allen. for Josh Allen. But I think probably Allen, Allen. Be in that conversation. Maybe Burrow, but Burrow's got yeah. some great players around him too there, there yeah. aren't a lot of guys that can take all these players around him and make them look that good on a regular basis yeah I think you're talking three to five guys at most 
but Patrick Mahomes does that. I just don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be part of that conversation. But I do know Jalen Hurts is going to get paid, and he's going to get paid in a big way because of when he's about to get handed that extension. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the sound of the day. Sound on, sound off. Coming your way. This is Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Along here on Joe and Amber, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. I used to say you can find us on social, and then Joe told me I sounded old yesterday, and now I'm shook. So there you go. (laughs) Whatever the cool kids are saying, that's where you can find us. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. It is time for us to sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. I may go back. To calling it social, though, Joe, because I think we learned today when we were talking about LeBron and MJ that we've got a lot of older listeners that chime into the conversation. We like fine wine, though. Older like fine wine. I don't want what Amber is saying to be misinterpreted by you fine ladies and gentlemen out there who listen to us. Older like fine wine, not like old people from Cocoon or anything like that. No, we appreciate all of the age groups that listen to us. It was just funny because people were calling in and... You know, they were mad that we weren't talking about Bill Russell when we were talking about LeBron and MJ. So, like, hearkening back to a different time. John Morant reportedly confronted members of the Pacers traveling party after Memphis's win over Indiana last week. There was reportedly a laser coming from Morant's SUV pointed at Pacers players. Here's KJM's Jay Will on Morant's life choices. Ja has to recognize that if friends aren't making the best decisions around him in his interests, and Ja Morant enterprises interests then he has to limit where they are around him in his life i mean you're talking about a guy that has a chance to be a player worth hundreds of millions of dollars a guy that has a chance to be the face of the nba and at a certain at a certain point he has to have a sit down talk with his homies and his loved ones by saying yo your whatever your actions are are reflective on me on me So before you open your mouth or before you decide to engage, I want you to think about how that affects me. And if they can't get on that same page, then they have to be friends in a different kind of way in your life. We bring in our producer right now, our producer today, filling in for James Steele, Mark Morales. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Hello. Thank you for welcoming me. So the Grizzlies have been making headlines lately between the fight with the Cavs John Morant had an interview a few weeks back saying he's not worried about anyone in the West, and now this laser incident. So I call the the, uh, the Grizzlies first pro all-cocky team. They act like they won a championship when they have not. So how concerned should we be about John Morant and the Grizzlies' behavior? Amber, he's got takes in addition to questions. How about that? 
take he does. He did, he did slide his take right in there. I saw that. <laughs> I see how you layered that in there, uh, Mark. Job well done. How concerned should the Grizzlies be? Well, on one hand, he's 23 years old. He's still relatively young. And these mistakes are just that. They're mistakes. Has there been one massive incident yet that would make you think you can't build around him, that he can't be your future? I would say no. But I'd say these things are starting to add up. And at some point, you're going to want to see a guy who many consider to be one of the next faces of the National Basketball Association to take on a level of maturity that, while a lot for someone that age, is going to be what comes with the territory. When you're making that kind of money, when you're thrust into that kind of fame, and when you're supposed to be the guy for the franchise. So I'd say there's some level of concern here, but the Grizz are going to have to turn it on real quick. They've got some issues all over the place. These little things with Morant, um, the talk, they can't get past the Warriors. They have really struggled on the road this season. They're one of the more fascinating teams to watch because I think a lot of people thought, Amber, that they were going to take the next step this season, and they could be one of those teams that flames out and you realize, huh, where was all that heading after last year? Yeah, they're 21-5 and at home this season, 11-16 and on the road this season. Maybe that does play into how young this team was. Certainly some of this drama plays into probably this being a very young Grizzlies team, which is part of what makes them so fun to watch and also part of what makes the future so bright there in Memphis, but also part of it a little bit maybe of a concern when it comes to some of these things. I, I do think that what Jay Will said there is right, right? Where every athlete at some point, they kind of have to settle into their position and recognize that everybody they surround themselves with fair or not is a reflection on them that's just the reality of being a superstar that's the reality of being one of the faces of the league and John Morant is becoming that and becoming that quickly and that's a great thing for him that's a wonderful thing the downside of that is that you live under a microscope a little bit more and that you have to be way more careful about who you hang out with and what those people are doing even if you have nothing to do with it it is a reflection on you and I would imagine that sucks about fame and about no you know riches and everything that comes with it but there's a whole lot of good about all that stuff too so that's just the downside of it like everything in life there's some ups and downs with it the Grizzlies are going to be just fine they'll figure it out they'll be just fine he's just such a dynamic player and so fun to watch Speaking of dynamic young players that are so fun to watch, Jets rookie cornerback Sauce Gardner was on Greeny earlier today and explained why he's openly recruiting Aaron Rodgers and at the same time somehow still backing Zach Wilson? No, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's a great quarterback. But this is the thing, like, Zach's still my teammate. That's not something I feel like I should have even did. Because, you know, going against Zach every day in practice, like, I don't know what y'all seeing in the game. I can't really speak on that. But, like, going against him in practice, he used to go at me. He used to make them throws that only guys like a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers could make. Zach got a lot of talent, man. So, like, that's on me. I hold myself accountable, you know, for even playing around like that because at the end of the day, Zach's still my teammate. Mark? All right, it seems like he's backtracking a little bit from what was said during the season, but would you guys be mad if you were Zach Wilson, Amber? I'd be mad about everything if I was Zach Wilson, frankly. I'd be <laughs> mad about how Robert Sala treated me. I'd be mad about how most of the media has treated me. I'd be mad about how the fans have treated me. I'd be mad about how my teammates have treated me. I'd be mad about all of it. Now, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson had done himself any favors this season. And yes, he said the word no, and everyone lost their minds. And it certainly cost him his job for a little while there when he found himself in street clothes. But the reality is there was a lot of piling on Zach Wilson. And that Jets team didn't end up anywhere in the postseason anyways. With or without Zach Wilson, with or without Mike White, with or without any of the problems that surround Zach Wilson or are because of Zach Wilson, it just goes so far beyond Zach Wilson. And yet all we did was pile on Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'd be mad. I'd be mad that my teammates seem to step in it as well, Joe. I don't think the question should be, would you be mad if you're Zach Wilson? I think it's whether or not you're justified in being mad if you're Zach Wilson, because most people probably would be, but is it justified? I don't think, I think the answer is no. What has Wilson done? Wilson, since he showed up in New York, has been immature and has underdelivered. That that that's that's his that is his legacy. Two years after being the number two overall draft pick, he showed up. He has been immature. He has been unable to play. He has been <laughs> so unable to take overstated. the next step. He has been at a point where he's getting benched for guys like Mike White. And at the end of the season, they decided whether than get him some reps. And eh, we'll trot Joe Flacco out there. Like it's on Wilson. A lot of this is on Wilson for not being the CEO that he needs to be 
as the starting quarterback of a professional football team. So he can be as mad as he wants about any of his teammates openly recruiting other quarterbacks. But if he was doing the job he's paid to do, then they're not out there recruiting other quarterbacks. They're backing them up. Like the Eagles are backing up Hurts, and like a lot of other teams are backing up their younger quarterbacks who have shown up to deliver. Yes, if he went 12-1 and this season and is in a Super Bowl, then great. His teammates would be backing him up. But, I mean, come on. That shouldn't be where the bar is set for Zach Wilson. We were just talking about a quarterback, a young quarterback coming into the league. How about Kenny Pickett? Time to How about Kenny Pickett? Yeah, he, Kenny Pickett got time, man. Kenny Pickett didn't look that great when he first got out there. Kenny, Kenny Pickett Pickett's looked in great year at the one. end. He looked Kenny great Pickett's at the end of the one. season. He's a rookie. Practically so is Zach Wilson because Lord knows he keeps getting taken in and out and he doesn't actually get the full-on opportunity. Like, what was the point? He didn't make the decision to go to Mike White. You said that was bad on Zach Wilson. He didn't make the decision to play Joe Flacco. You said that was bad on Zach Wilson. It's bad on Robert Sala. Nevertheless, people hate on this Zach Wilson. That's just the reality of where he finds himself also. Market-wise, I just think coming from his teammates. I don't have a problem with it coming from Joe Fortenbaugh. I do have a little bit. Like, coming from Sauce Gardner... You know, like even if Zach Wilson hasn't done anything, you don't necessarily need to like take out your, you know, like you're going to do that to your colleague. You're going to be like openly recruiting somebody else that does your colleague's job here at ESPN. Your colleague's not any good, right? Why wouldn't well, you? I, you probably know you probably wouldn't. I'm sure you and I have opinions about how good people are here. And I doubt we would ever say them or ever share them in any way. Sauce, eh, maybe, maybe keep it a little bit, a little bit more to yourself. Tom Brady. We all agree that he's great, though. Nobody needs to keep that to themselves. Tom Brady had Bill Belichick on his Let's Go podcast today. Brady addressed the Brady versus Belichick media narrative. Take a listen to this. I think for me, there's nobody I'd rather be associated with. And I think that from my standpoint, I think it's always such a stupid conversation to say Brady versus Belichick, because in my mind, that's not what partnerships are about. Coach couldn't play quarterback and I couldn't coach. The best part about football is, and coach says it a lot, do your job. And he asked me to play quarterback. He didn't ask me to coach. In my view, it was just people always trying to pull us apart. And I don't think we ever even felt that with each other. We never were trying to pull each other apart. We actually were always trying to go in the same direction. And I think when we were in New England for 20 years to together you know it's tired they get tired of writing the same story he and i always had a great relationship and we met all the time and did we always see everything exactly the same way who does in life all right so quickly here who do you believe was more important in the brady belichick relationship brady belichick or did they need each other joe how is it we're going to listen to Brady say that and then ask the question, who's more important when Brady just laid it out exactly what the relationship was, that it worked because the both of them worked oh, together? Stop. He gave the PR answer. If you want the answer, it's exactly. Brady. Brady was more important. <laughs> Brady went to Tampa and immediately won a Super Bowl. Belichick, without Brady, has not been able to achieve the same level of success, nor has he gotten close. Belichick also had a stint with the Browns before he got to New England. He didn't have success there. So as great as he is, if I have to pick one, it's Brady. Yeah, it's Brady. I, I mean, I'm sure Belichick, you know, it was, it was nice. It was a nice partnership. Uh, very easy for Brady to say now that uh, it's a stupid debate and that it's a stupid conversation because, frankly, he's the one who shut down the conversation, right? So that's easy for him to say. He did go somewhere else. He won a championship without him. Belichick doesn't quite look the same with Mac Jones that he looked with old Tom under center. It's Brady if you have to choose one. I'm sure that Belichick had a little something to do with at least a few of those seven, though. It's time, or six, I guess, in New England. It is time for you to join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Give us your phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. You can get back to the conversation. People are lighting up the phone lines on LeBron breaking the scoring title. Maybe it'll happen tonight. He's only 36 away. We're taking you up to coverage of that game. Is that going to affect the legacy uh, conversation? LeBron versus Michael Jordan. You can talk to us about that or anything else you want. Maybe you want to do a little Belichick Tom Brady. Give us a call. Triple H, say ESPN. (laughs) We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... 
Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Joe and Amber, the podcast. To get to your phone calls here on Joe and Amber, you can join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are taking you up to Oklahoma City Lakers tonight, where LeBron James is just 36 points away from breaking Kareem's scoring title coverage for that game. We'll begin at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. So you get a bonus half hour of Joe and Amber tonight. We will be on air until 9.30 with you. We, of course, are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's play some caller roulette. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play caller roulette with Joe and Amber. Triple H, say ESPN. Let's get to it. Let's spin that wheel. Gerald. Gerald is in Wisconsin. Gerald, thanks for the call. What do you have for us tonight? Hey, um, I just think it's hilarious. Um, people like Bill Belichick get shredded when they put absolutely no opinion. They have absolutely nothing to say in the media. Um, and then guys like Aaron Rodgers get shredded when they're kind of giving you everything they want. They put all of their p- opinions, all of their thoughts. Um, sure, the guy wants people to listen to him. He's got some ego. Um, I talk for a living. I want people to listen to me. I'm sure people on the radio um, who do radio shows have some egos. They want people <laughs> to listen to him too. You Gerald, know what I'm what saying? You- and then... Gerald, what are you implying? What are you implying, buddy? What are you implying? <laughs> um, no, I, I'm sure I'm sure nobody here at ESPN has an ego. That sounds outlandish in our business. What are you talking about? Certainly not me or Joe. But Isn't that what the E stands for in ESPN? <laughs> ESPN is ego. I, I will say if you don't have one, you're never going to make it here. Uh, I, if Joe and I didn't have egos, we would not be um, on network radio. That would not be happening, uh, us talking to a national crowd. Yes, we all have egos. And I would imagine that Joe and I like to be listened to when we talk. That's fair. That's a fair uh, defense of Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, isn't a talk radio host. And yet he's kind of right now moonlighting as one on the Pat McAfee show. But it doesn't feel like Aaron Rodgers is just saying the transparent things like Gerald is saying that he wants from Bill Belichick. And we kind of all do want more transparency from most guys when it comes to coaching and when it comes to players. But Aaron Rodgers feels like he's not necessarily being authentically transparent. He's just trying to get us to talk. I'm going to be honest. I side with Gerald a little bit here. I think we are a nation of complainers. If a coach or a player just gives us the boilerplate, the standard, um, what's the famous line with the, it is what it is. We get upset that they don't say anything, but when they do come out and they show personality, if they do come out and they say something, they're criticized for that as well. Kyrie Irving, I'm not saying anyone should be agreeing with him, disagreeing, anything like that. He speaks his mind. People get very upset. Aaron Rodgers speaks his mind. People take shots. That's what we do. We are a nation of complainers. We'll complain you say too much. We'll complain you say too little. Gerald, you figured it out. I appreciate that phone call. I thought that was rock solid. See, I don't know. I'm not going to let them get off that easily, right? Because at the same time here, like there is a happy medium. You can strike a balance. You don't have to be an absolute robot like all these guys are in the NFL. And also, you don't have to be Kyrie Irving out here or even Aaron Rodgers making waves at every single turn. Those guys know Aaron Rodgers has been doing this thing. And by this thing, I mean the media thing for so long. He knows exactly how to work the media. He knows exactly everything that comes out of his mouth that is going to make headlines. He knows exactly everything that he says that is going to be on Joe and Amber the next day or later that day. Like, he knows. Like, when he spoke on Pat McAfee today, like, he was like, all right, ESPN Radio, I'm about to be on every show tonight. They're about to talk about this. He knows, and that's why he's saying the thing. It's all calculated because he knows, and that, to me, is not authentic. And I do think that there is a balance to be had where you can provide a little bit more authenticity and a little bit more transparency 
and not necessarily feel like you're toying with the media or playing with the media. And I guess I feel like that is what Aaron Rodgers is doing. And frankly, Kyrie Irving as well. Do you feel Kyrie's being authentic? I, I think that Ky- <laughs> I think that Kyrie sometimes maybe <laughs> You just want to go to the next call now, is. don't you? <laughs> no, I, I listen, Kyrie, I, do I think Kyrie sometimes believes his own nonsense? Yes, I think more than Aaron. Like, I feel like Aaron knows what he's doing all the time. But I Kyrie like Rogers. Know. I know you don't like, like him, but I like has... him. As a sports talk radio host, he's good for business. He gives us things to talk about. I like him. And I hope he comes here to Las Vegas. Aaron, I personally will roll out the red carpet, and I will give you the top 10 list of golf courses you should play when you first get to town. Kyrie's still smart enough and, and been in this game long enough to know that when he goes for his introductory press conference to the Mavs and says the things about the Brooklyn Nets, that it is going to rate and that it is going to get everybody talking. I mean, it's not that hard to navigate this whole media thing. Everybody acts like it's rocket science out here. <laughs> Let's spin the wheel. Gary. Gary is in Florida. Gary, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, guys. A couple things. First, Amber, how about our Dolphins getting Vic Fangio to cover the team? We've got McDaniel on offense and Fangio on the defense. I'm on cloud nine. And the other thing is, guys, uh, you know, it's true LeBron's going to set the scoring record, but what nobody ever says is how the rules have changed to benefit the offenses. Just like the, with the NFL quarterbacks, rules are skewed because everyone throws for a ton of yards because, since the rules changes. But nobody brings up the NBA rule changes that, uh, how, you know, you usually get pounded when you went inside the lane in, in the 80s and the 90s. And uh, LeBron definitely benefits from. Uh, the changes in the rules. Thanks, guys. Gary, Gary, real quick. I don't disagree, but the counter argument to that would be then, how far does LeBron have to go past this record then to impress you if you're not impressed by him breaking a record that has stood since 1984? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right? I mean, maybe we lost Gary Mike dropped you. That's all yeah, he did. Yeah, he Gary, came Gary in was and out. he might drop you. Like, it, 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 give big ups to Gary because, you know, it fins up and he's right about Fangio and McDaniel. But you know what I'm saying yeah. there, Joe? Like, if LeBron plays for four more years and continues to score it, like, he's going to be so far past Kareem's record that then are we going to finally stop talking about how the rules changed and how it's a three-point shot? Time is what solves that issue because it was the same thing with Roger Maris getting to play more games than Babe Ruth. We don't even talk about that anymore. Then it becomes the three-pointer versus the two-pointer. Then we move past that. Time's what solves it. There's nothing to do about this. The game evolves, and as a result, guys are playing in different eras with different rules. We can try to compare them the best we can, but it's never going to be perfect. Coming up next, you get 30 more minutes of Joe and Amber. You're welcome, America. That coming your way as we go into LeBron's feet tonight. Coming up Wednesday, we'll be joined by my former coach, the legend, Coach K at 9 a.m. Eastern to talk all things hoops and what's next for Kyrie Irving. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, Wednesday, 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, E2, and ESPNU. Joe and Amber, the podcast. My story, and I'm sticking to it. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. You don't normally hear us right now, but you're welcome, America. You get an extra 30 minutes of Joe and Amber as we take you up to LeBron's pursuit of history. The Lakers playing the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. He is 36 points away from Kareem's scoring title. Will he break it tonight? Will he break it on Thursday? We are all officially on the LeBron watch. Joe, you said he showed up to the arena tonight looking fly, looking like he wants to break a scoring title. He looked good. He's in all black tonight. Really well-tailored suit, black jacket, black pants, black shoes, black shirt. He looks like a billion dollars tonight. He looks like a man that's all about his business. Now, whether or not that means he's going to bake the record remains to be seen, but that's as good as I've seen LeBron James look. He's clearly about his business tonight. He is about his business, so we'll see if he can get it done. Michael Thompson 
Los Angeles Lakers radio commentator and two-time NBA champ, was on NBA Countdown right here on ESPN Radio. You can hear the full interview in just 30 minutes ahead of Thunder Lakers right here on ESPN Radio. He talked about whether Kareem or LeBron are the greatest of all time. He has almost forgotten about Kareem and Will Chamberlain are totally disrespected when it comes to discussion of who's the greatest player ever. For me, there are five players in that discussion. Obviously, LeBron and Michael Jordan are right at the top of the list, but so is Kareem, Will Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. And the, the latter three have been kind of like uh, overlooked, forgotten, disrespected as time has gone on. So Kareem, to me, is still the greatest player that's ever played, high school, college, and pro. I mean, you look at his resume, and uh, no one can match those three levels of what he's accomplished. I think that's fair. I think it's fair criticism, Joe. I think it harkens back to what we were talking about earlier in the show. And if you miss anything on Joe and Amber, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. I think what it comes down to is those guys, frankly, played a long time ago. And that's just the reality of the situation. And as generations change and as time rolls along, it's not to disparage the greatness of a Bill Russell, for example. But there's just not many of us that watched him play in the 50s and 60s, and those who are and who did, their voices may be not quite as loud as the generation currently watching LeBron play, for example, or the one that just watched Michael play. It's just different as the years roll by. That's why I love the Michael Thompsons of the world, because people can listen to what he's saying and they can say, ah, it's just some old guy stuck in his ways, living in the past, doesn't recognize or respect the new game. That's not what it is, man. There's a history to this game. Whether you agree or not, it's important that the Michael Thompsons of the world are out there arguing on behalf of the guys who came before. Whether you want to agree or not, that's not the point. The point is don't forget the past. Don't forget what Wilt did to move the game forward, what Bill Russell did to move the game forward. And then in the 90s or the 80s and 90s, what happened with Larry and Magic and Michael those guys did a huge thing for this sport, taking it and ushering it into the next level. And then LeBron James came along and he did the same thing. All of these guys are leaving their mark in history. And one of the best things about it is that we as fans have the ability to sit back and sit here and have these trivial arguments about who's the greatest of all time. When the reality is you're never really going to be able to fairly compare them to one another because of rule changes, era changes, diets, performance, things of that nature. So I love the Michael Thompsons of the world standing up for the Wilt Chamberlains and the Bill Russells because it makes us remember our history. Whether you agree that those guys should be in the conversation or not, it's important to at least discuss it and for the younger generation to understand it and know about it. The reality is you can really only compare players of the same generation, and even that's difficult because nobody plays the game the same way, right? And you're talking about different players, different positions. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, who's the best player? I mean, it's very different games when you're considering that and when you're talking about generational players. And so even that conversation is a difficult one to have. But a conversation that spans generations is darn near impossible, even though we try to have it all the time because athleticism changes technology changes, knowledge changes, the way people train, what they eat, the competition they're up against, how long the seasons are, how many games are played, how many years they play. It's all changed. The way the rules are, the way they gave the shot, quite literally with the three-point shot, it has all changed so dramatically. It's very hard to compare LeBron to any of his predecessors. But... When you have a title that hasn't been broken, that's something tangible that fans can sink their teeth into, right? Like that's something that you can go, okay, this scoring title, and yes, there's complexities to it. There's rule changes. There's a three-point shot. There's complexities to it across the generations. Nevertheless, it is a tangible title with a number on it, and we're about to see LeBron James in 36 more points surpass that number. That portion of it is black and white. I don't agree. I think you're close, and I thought you were about to say something different, and I was about to give you the standing O, but I think the universal language everyone can speak is championships. I think that is what transcends time. That's what transcends era. Show me your rings. Show me your championships. Because I'll tell you what, you talk about the scoring era. Like, this isn't to take anything away from LeBron, obviously. But if you talk about the scoring he was able to go through versus what guys of the previous generation did, it's going to be the same thing when you talk about passing yards, 
Dan Marino's passing yards is very, very different than Patrick Mahomes' passing yards. Like, Dan Marino was Patrick Mahomes before anyone ever saw anything like it. The numbers Marino put up were ungodly in an era where, yeah, we were throwing the ball forward, but not like we are today. Like, he was an insane passer. But the problem is Dan Marino hurts your argument because the lack of rings. And yet, you wouldn't appreciate his greatness then if you're just counting rings with Dan Marino. Never would have made the case for Marino to be great. That's not what I was doing. What I was trying to show you you was the changing in the rules and the changing of the era shows you that scoring now for LeBron was easier than scoring in the past. A guy like Marino was able to show you that throwing back then was possible. No one else was doing it, just him. That's what everybody's doing now. Everybody's Dan Marino these days. It had nothing to do with the rings. It's just showing you the individual stats and how they change. Marino's the guy that was doing it before anybody else. That's what was so insane about it. But I can blow holes in your in your rings argument as well, which is this is going to take a straight back to MJ and LeBron. But, I mean, sure. you can make an argument that being there 10 times is more impressive than winning all the ones that you were in, right? And being there far less times. Like, being there six to- 10 times is more impressive than being there six times. Like, you can make that argument. What if you were there 10 times and lost all 10? Is that more impressive than going six times and winning all six? Well, so that's the counter argument to it. <laughs> and it's quite a counter argument, is it not? I mean, I still think, like, uh, you know, the ring counting to me, I think, is one of the weakest ways to make these arguments in team sports because there's so much to it beyond the individual player. Now, this argument holds more weight in basketball than it does in, say, football when you just brought football up because the rosters are obviously so much larger in football. But still, it is a team sport. So what are the circumstances around losing 10 versus what are the circumstances around what Bill Russell did? Bill Russell did it, and I don't want to. I don't want to say anything unkind about what he did. Remarkable. What was it? Eleven and twelve years, or whatever. Eleven and thirteen years, whatever. Bill Russell did in the fifties and sixties. Far less teams in the NBA at the time. Far less competition in Bill Russell's day. And then you could also, of course, make the point that the athletes that he was competing with were not bigger and not stronger than today's athletes by any means. See, the problem with getting there and not winning is that there's a great example and there's never anyone saying that Jim Kelly is a top five quarterback or that Marv Levy is a top five coach. Those guys were incredible at what they did. Those Buffalo Bills teams were phenomenal. They went to four straight Super Bowls, four Super Bowls. They lost them all. And history doesn't remember them for anything other than the fact that they somehow managed to lose four straight Super Bowls. No one ever says, hey, Jim Kelly's in the top five QBs. Jim Kelly's top 10. Marv Levy's a top five coach. It takes a true historian of the game to understand how great Marv Levy was, but no one ever puts him in those rankings because they went there four times and lost. Like how many Super Bowls was Troy Aikman in? I think it was three, right? He won all three. Well, Kelly was in four and Aikman was in three. He went to more Super Bowls. He didn't win a single one. Nobody's putting Kelly above Aikman. Well, it's kind of like if the Eagles lose this Super Bowl, are the Eagles not a phenomenal team this season? You know, because they I mean, lose they're still, this they're Super Bowl. They're a great Bowl. team. They just weren't the best. Right. Well, or were they? Were they the best all season long? I don't know. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can cut this by. That's why these things have so much minutia. But what is not minutia is the fact that LeBron is about to pass Kareem, and he may do so tonight if he scores 36 otherwise he would probably get it done on thursday night this is joe and amber presented by progressive insurance coming up next our final pizza money of the night plus big deal or not a big deal joe and amber the podcast we are coming down this stretch during our bonus half hour of joe and amber here on espn radio joe fortenbaugh amber wilson hanging out with you we are taking you up to LeBron watch coverage for Oklahoma City Lakers will kick off in just a little under 15 minutes from now. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so that you can save on birth. Both. Learn more at Progressive.com. We promised you another pizza money. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Not sure how many people are going to be interested in betting this one. It starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. It's LeBron James under 32.5 points tonight at a price of minus 105, averaging 30 points per game on the season. But that number does drop when Anthony Davis is on the floor. Obviously, he's got to share the rock a little bit with another scorer. 
The thing here is that I think a lot of people, and this is where I stood earlier in the week, I've completely flipped on this, think he's going to go out and try to have one big night to break the record. I no longer see it that way. I think LeBron's a showman. He's been about marketing and his brand his entire career. And while this game is on TV tonight, it's against the Oklahoma City Thunder, whereas the next game, a monster nationally televised showdown at home against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks, the team Kareem used to play for, and then the team Kareem broke the record with in the Los Angeles Lakers. That's the way to do it in style. So I think tonight, LeBron... Maybe he gets close and he throttles back. Maybe he has an off night, but the record's going down Thursday. Pizza money number three, LeBron James under 32 and a half points. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber? Big deal, not a big deal with Joe and Amber and Mark Morales, who is filling in today as our producer for James Steele. What's up, Mark? All right, guys, so... A record 50.4 million adults, roughly 20% of the population, will bet $16 billion on the Super Bowl, according to a survey by the American Gaming Association. Joe, big deal? Not a big deal. I'd say it's a big deal. Uh, Being in the industry, I love the fact that this is now becoming more and more regulated, more and more legal, where over half the states in America have some form of legalized sports betting. And if it's out in the open, you can regulate it. You can try, at the very least, to provide the consumer with the best possible experience. But a reminder, always sports bet in a reasonable fashion don't let yourself get sucked in don't get let yourself get caught chasing money treat it as entertainment because if you're not going to treat it as a profession i hate to spoil it to you but more often than not you are going to lose money so treat it like entertainment but i think this is a very big deal considering where we were five years ago and where we are today yeah, I don't know what the numbers used to be. I would love to see. I'm, I'm not, at some point, obviously, when it was all illegal, then uh, I'm not sure that there would be records of that. But 50.4 seems like a lot of adults to be betting. Like, it seems like just a testament to how much more popular and, like you said, just mainstream it's all becoming as it gets legalized state by state. And also Florida, what you doing? Come on. But as it gets legalized <laughs> state by state. And so... I would think that it's a big deal, also a big deal when it comes to where this is going to be headed in the future, because it, I would imagine is good things for Joe Fortenbaugh and everybody at Daily Wager and everybody on ESPN's betting coverage. So big deal. All Thank right. you, Amber. <laughs> Madden NFL 23's official simulation is predicting the Philadelphia Eagles to handle the Chiefs 31-17 to in Super Bowl 57. The last Super Bowl the Madden simulation got right was Super Bowl I'm going to Roman numerals. I, I do don't as know well. How to read Roman numerals. When it correctly predicted Kansas City would beat the San Francisco 49ers and that Mahomes would be the MVP. They got that right. Amber, big deal, not a big deal. Well, that was a couple years ago, right? In Miami, whatever. Do the math. Um, so I would say, yeah, Super Bowl 55, right? No, 56. 55. I don't know. Whatever. Point is. Interesting how you talk all that trash and then botch it yourself. Yeah, yeah right? I don't know. I can't that? do Roman numerals. Why do we use Roman numerals for the Super Bowl? Like, it's, what, classy. What we, oh, it's, it's classy. Oh, it's classy. It's like Latin, you know? None of us are using it anymore. What also classy. Uh, okay. Uh, so anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh, is this a big deal? I would say no, it's not a big deal. But I would like to know Madden's simulation record overall. Not just the last time that Madden got it right, but how many times Madden has gotten right. If I'm evaluating whether this is a big deal, but I'm leaning towards not a big deal because video game simulations seem probably to not have much impact on the actual game. Not a big deal. Uh, Madden simulating, predicting that the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Niners, which, by the way, the Chiefs were the favorite, and that Mahomes would be the MVP, which, by the way, he was the favorite to be the MVP. There's no skill in that. I can do that right now. Uh, I pick Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts. There you go. You got the favorites. It doesn't take any skill to do something like that. Show me the Super Bowl where an underdog won and a defensive player claimed MVP. If someone called that or someone's called like six in a row, then I'll call it a big deal. But to simulate this game and you end up giving me the favorite and the favorite to win MVP, there's not a whole lot I'm getting excited about. Yeah, the simulation just went according to plan is what it sounds like. It's a script any of us could have written. Yeah, and it it was Super Bowl 54, by the way. Rachel was correct. 55, 56. We were going to get there eventually. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That should just be numbers. All right. So Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni has a, quote, chip on his shoulder after not being retained by Andy Reid. Sirianni said, quote, do you always have this little chip on your shoulder? Sure. Yeah, you do. 
but that's who I am as a coach and as a person. I want to make sure I'm working my butt off to get as good as I possibly can. And sure, you hold on to some of those things, end quote. Joe, big deal, not a big deal. Big deal, because I think from the outside, it's easy for all of us to look at that and be like, get over it, dude. Most guys bring in a new staff. You shouldn't have been so upset about it. That's not what you take away from this. It's not an objective conversation. It's subjective. And for Sirianni, if that's what he uses to drive himself, if that's what he uses to motivate himself day in and day out, good for you. Fantastic. Stay on top of it. A lot of people struggle to go out and either lose weight or quit smoking or achieve some sort of goal because they can't find the motivation. They can't do it on a day in day out basis. Whatever that motivation is, if you can get it and you can cling to it and you can use it to better your life. Good for you. So for Sirianni, that's a big deal because if that's what's driving him and has gotten him to this level, you're doing something right, man. I would say this is not a big deal. It feels like manufactured motivation for a game that doesn't need any motivation, right? Like you don't need to manufacture motivation for the Super Bowl. Now, generally, I do understand all these great competitors do this. We see athletes do it. We see LeBron James come out and drop a microphone after saying he wants his damn respect. And it's like, okay, LeBron, who on planet Earth doesn't respect you? You're LeBron James. All we do is argue whether you are the greatest of all time or the second greatest of all time. But obviously, that's the some sort of chip on his shoulder that he manufactured for motivation. And I feel like that's what Sirianni is doing here. It's well and good when you need it typically for motivation in a competitive sport. However, I will say for the Super Bowl, you probably don't need it. I feel like you're going to have your team ready for that one anyways. Like that one game <laughs> maybe doesn't need the extra motivation. I mentioned LeBron. We, of course, are taking you up to LeBron Watch. Coverage right here on ESPN Radio. Thunder and Lakers begins right now. Are we going to witness history? Coming up Wednesday, we'll be joined by my former coach, the legend, Coach K at 9 a.m. Eastern to talk all things hoops and what's next for Kyrie Irving. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, Wednesday, 6 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, E2, and ESPNU. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.